We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers. Probably fine folks on the other end of the speaker. Our first playoff edition, Striking Gold of the season. And it is a good one. The 49ers move on to the divisional round after beating their division rival, Seattle Seahawks, 41-23 in what was a very black and white tale of two halves football game that, in a way, was a lot closer than it looks, but at the same time, it wasn't. And we're going to get into that. Before we get into that, I do have to kind of preface everything with saying, I just got home about half an hour ago after two I've made a lot of drives to Levi's Stadium. A lot, obviously. The two that I just made today were by far the most difficult out of all of them. The most dangerous and the most mentally taxing. They were. The, it was the hardest bit of driving I've ever done in my life. Obviously... Both to and from Levi Stadium, California was getting absolutely godsmacked by a atmospheric river. I saw an accident happen. I saw multiple accidents that had just happened. There were sheets of water coming across the road that would cause your your car or vehicle to hydroplane for just little stretches of time. It was unbelievable. I There were times when I had my windshield wipers on full go, 100%, full Debo Samuel, and they still couldn't keep up. It was, uh, it was something else. So, shout out to everybody that made that drive, made those drives. 
hopefully all of everybody from all of the accidents I saw both to and from Levi Stadium are okay. I know the one that I actually saw take place. I know everybody was okay when that one. Um, I kind of pulled over really quickly. It was in an area where I could on the 152, made sure everybody was okay, made sure they'd already called for emergency services. Everybody was good. And then I kind of continued on my way before I contributed to uh, you know a big old traffic jam, which in and of itself would have been incredibly dangerous. But So if I am... A little slow, <laughs> a little a little sloppy, a little um, half, not half-hearted, but half-awake, I guess you could say. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm tired. I'm just mentally drained. So everybody out there, please bear with me as I recap the 49ers win over the Seahawks. I'll do my absolute best that you guys know. But on the brighter end of things, decided to sit in my seats today. Um, so I could bring the lady to a, a playoff football game. Hung, hung, on, hung out at the seats for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes after the game, maybe less. I'm in, uh, I was in the 200 section, which is uh, 230s, which is right in front of the, you know, the big tower, the big uh, media slash suite tower. I come down the escalators that take me up to my section. I walk out and who's standing there right in front of me? None other than the two-time, the back-to-back, the 1993-1994 blockbuster video game champion and true online gaming superstar, Dr. Disrespect, who, as you all know very well, is like, we, me and Katie were talking about this on the way home. There was, there was no one. There's very few people on this planet that I would rather meet over Dr. Disrespect. He is, is just, he's my guy. I love everything about him. We watch him every week on YouTube. We knew he was there because we saw him um, start the game with the horn. I, di- I didn't think I'd bump into him. I was like, he's up in his suite. They showed him on the, on the camera later in the game. I figured he would go down to the locker room, say what's up to some of the players. But no. And this should tell you a little bit about Doc right here. Rather than head down into the locker room or to the press conferences, which sometimes they let people like that that are, that are at games for a special privilege do, rather than try to interact with the players or go down on the field again or, or anything along those lines, Dr. Disrespect stood in the pouring ass rain and shook hands and took pictures with everybody who wanted to, with a smile on his face. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen a personality, whatever you want to call him, anybody that anybody cares to to interact with, it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen someone do. I mean, and it was dumping rain after the game. Like, everybody was soaked. But you know I had to, I had to, meet, I had to meet my guy. Went up, shook his hand, let him know I was part of the Champions Club, introduced him to my fiance. We got a picture with him. Just an absolute perfect end to the evening. It was it was unreal. I was on cloud nine. I couldn't believe it. It was the two time. It was awesome. I do have the picture. I thought about posting it on Twitter. I think I'm just gonna keep this one for us. To be honest, it's I'm looking at it right now. There's rain like in between us and the camera that you can see in the frame. It's it was raining that hard. 
So, you know what? As, as, as horribly unprofessional as this is to do this, I'm just texting my dad right now. He texted me and he said, you home? And I just texted him back. I said, yep, home safe. About 30 minutes ago. Um, so let's get into the game. I mean, like I said earlier, it was a tale of two, ha- two halves. In the first half, you had a very competitive football game. The 49ers went into the locker room down 17-16. Everybody was kind of looking around going, what are we watching here? Because you had Brock Purdy, who was only 9 of 19. You could hear it now. Everybody saying, oh, this is, this is Brock Purdy crumbling under the pressure that is a playoff game. And then you had on the other end of the side, on the other side of the field, you had Geno Smith, who had completed nine of ten for 104 yards and a huge touchdown to DK Metcalf. It was just a weird, weird game. Everybody didn't know what to think. It wasn't what we expected. It wasn't really a matter of the rain or the weather. There was a little bit at the time, but it certainly wasn't anything that that the 49ers could have used as some sort of an excuse. They were just playing a great brand of football and giving the 49ers everything they could handle in that first half. Little, just a little weird. Just a little weird. That's the best way I can describe it. Kenneth Walker already had 54 yards at 4.2 yards of carry. Geno Smith had a few scrambles at 6.3 yards of carry. He threw for 104 yards. Like I said, only had one incompletion and a 50-yard bomb to DK Metcalf over Charverius Ward. DK Metcalf already had 73 yards for the half. It was just one of those weird, weird games. Weird, weird halves. 49ers came back out, got the ball to start the second half like they always managed to do. And here's where it changed. Jonathan Abrams decided to fuck around and find out you're talking about a guy that tackled Debo Samuel and as they he was getting up kind of like wouldn't let go of Debo Samuel's foot and kind of twisted his 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 ankle as he got up happened pretty quick but it did happen and what was crazy is I if if I'm correct in understanding what I saw not only did Debo Samuel was he slow to get up he said he was in pain, but he also said that he was staying down there because he had to control his emotions from losing his temper, which no one would have. I mean, obviously, you don't want to get the penalty, but seeing what happened, nobody necessarily would have blamed him in that moment. I think that other players saw the replay on the screen of what Jonathan Abram did and then went after him, and a fight kind of started erupted that had to, been, that had to be broken up. Now it could have players could have just seen it in that moment and started the fight, but it felt like there was a little bit of delay. I'm pretty sure that players saw the replay and went after Jonathan Abrams with a quickness. The crowd went nuts once they saw it on the screen, and the and it looked like the players saw it and decided like we're not going to take this. When that happened, the 49ers were down 17 to 16 in the first half. After that point, it was like, it, as as funny as it is, 
something woke up with the 49ers. And it was literally the epitome of the Seahawks poking a sleeping bear. Because after that point, the 49ers went touchdown, 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 field goal. That should have been a touchdown. Game over. They made a mistake. And then on the inverse, the Seahawks, after that point, went fumble, punt, interception, touchdown, and garbage time. Mr. Mr. Abrams fucked up. And you could see it in the way that team reacted. It pissed him off. Not that they should necessarily need something like that happen to, to go into that mode, but they'll take what they can get. And the 49ers put the Seahawks away from that point. You're talking about, what was that, 21 unanswered points, if I'm not mistaken. 49ers touchdown, Seahawks responded with a fumble. 49ers touchdown, Seahawks responded with a punt. 49ers touchdown, Seahawks responded with an interception. 49ers field goal, so 24 unanswered points after Jonathan Abrams decided he was going to try and twist Debo Samuel's ankle. That is the epitome of fuck around and find out. I mean, if you're looking, if you're talking about the graph, that's that's all the way to the top right. That's maxed out. You can't even be on the whiteboard anymore. It's 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 off the board. And after that point, and here's one here's one of the you know the 49ers immediately scored after that Debo Samuel play. And on the very next drive, Charles Omenahu forced what might have been the game-changing play. The Seahawks were on a 12-play, 55-yard drive. They were on the 49ers' 19-yard line. The 49ers get some overload pressure going on the right side. No, and Omenahu kind of coming by himself. I, I think Ebukam oh, uh, was over there too. But he kind of, by himself, streaked up at Geno Smith and couldn't get him, but threw his right arm out at him and smacked the ball out of his arms. And Nick Bosa saw it, recovered it. It was the game-changing play. The 49ers would take that fumble. They'd go down to score a touchdown. Then they'd force the Seahawks uh, to punt after four plays. They'd go down and score again. It's just that play right there. Charles Omenahu's sack fumble seemed like it sucked all air out of the building for the Seahawks. They were on another good drive. It was their second longest drive of the game to that point and snuffed out in an instant. And the 49ers went down and scored, I want to say, no, it was seven plays. So, play of the game. I mean, there were some pretty incredible plays in this game, some huge plays, but in terms of the 49ers turning the tide, Charles Omenehu's sack fumble was it. That was it. The 49ers would go on. Purdy would throw a beautiful deep throw down the left side of the line to Juwan Jennings, who dove, dove, laid out to catch it. Purdy would next play. He'd evade some serious pressure and then find Elijah Mitchell wide open in the flat. He took it in for the score. Then he threw a two-point jump ball to George Kittle. Then he got in the next drive, he got Debo Samuel in the flat, who just took it down the sideline for a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk 
was blocking his ass off 40 yards downfield and had just as much of a part in Debo Samuel's touchdown as Debo did. It was just an incredible effort from him. Then right after that, you got Diamondor's Lenore interception. The 49ers just poured it on after that, after the antics, after the Seahawks mistake, 49ers just poured it on. It was very, very impressive. Now, I've got some notes here on like Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, the, the defense. But I noticed on my way home that we had plenty of takeaways in in the replies. So let me jump up in there. I have a feeling because y'all guys, you're, you're always leaving good takeaways. There's 39 of them. We've got to move our ass here. But I have a feeling that everything I probably was going to mention about these, about Bach Purdy, about this team, um, you guys will probably mention, and we'll, I'll just expand on it. Now, again, 39 takeaways, and w- how else would we want it? In pl- on, on the pl- on, on, after the 49ers' plus, first playoff win since we've been doing takeaways. This is our first playoff takeaway time. I would expect nothing less than 39 takeaways. So we're gonna get to them all. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna roll through this. Okay. Now I'm gonna go a little bit faster. Please don't be upset with me if I don't spend quite this, the normal amount of time on your takeaway. But I want to get to everybody. So that's just the way I am. I'm scrolling all the way down to the bottom. And let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. Uh, JPJ says first half nerves for Brock. Nice to see him refocus in the second half. That's absolutely correct. Brock Purdy was missing some pretty easy throws. Now, here's what I will say. I never stopped being impressed with Brock Purdy in this game because he kept pushing the ball down the field. Even his misses, he missed a couple slants over the middle, misread it a little bit. But even uh, uh, some of his misses, he was pushing the ball down the field. Purdy finished the first half 9 of 19, so less than 50% for 147 yards and a touchdown. Not horrible. The completion percentage isn't good. 91.3 quarterback rating isn't the worst. It's not horrible. But he clearly was just a little excited in the first half. You were also dealing with just a little jittery, under pressure at times. Always wants He, he always wants to roll to his left. He's got to start working to his right some. Otherwise, defenses are going to key in on that. What they'll do is they'll send a guy hoping you generate some interior pressure and then they'll send another guy or at the very least tell the right defensive end to take a very wide arc and Purdy's going to try to roll to his left and he's going to run right into that defensive end and he's going to piss off Trent Williams, which might be the scariest prospect. So definitely settled in. End of first half, 9 of 19. End of the game. Click over here on the offense. 18 of 30, which is 60%. So that went way up. 332 yards for Purdy. 11.1 yards per pop. Three touchdowns. A 131 rating. Unreal performance. Unreal. Unreal. Joey Sauce. I love that name. Joey Sauce. Purdy is legit. Don't want to get too excited for what happened with Cap, but he's a real deal. No offense to Cap. Cap had a different way of playing football. I'll never forget that Green Bay game where he just, I think he threw for 180 and like ran for 180. This is different. Purdy is playing this super unique blend of dynamic football, but 
um, a decent pocket presence, throwing the ball down the field. 11.1 yards per attempt is crazy. Let me, I meant to search this up. Let me see yards per attempt NFL. Let me see if I can see who's leading the NFL in yards per attempt. Okay, here's this will tell you about how wild, and this is per teamrankings.com, hopefully accurate. This will tell you how wild 11.1 yards per attempt is. The league leader is Tua Tagovailoa at 8.9 yards per attempt. Patrick Mahomes has 8.1. Purdy in this game was 11.1. I don't even have Purdy on these rankings. What the hell's wrong with you? I don't care if you got like a minimum. Jimmy Garoppolo, a very respectable 7.9. Purdy in this game, 11.1. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, Joey Sauce, I don't blame you for getting too excited at this point, man. I tweeted it out after the game. Can't really wrap my head around what's happening, but it is happening. Very next comment, Purdy equals QB1. Sorry, Trey. It is Brock Purdy's job to lose, and it's just the reality of it. I fully expect, pending some team throwing a, a crazy offer at the 49ers for Trey Lance, I fully expect the 49ers to allow Trey Lance to compete for the starting job this offseason in a competition, but there's no denying that Purdy has the the clear edge. He's got the job. It's up to Trey to try and take it from him. We'll see. Tiono, Kyle sucks and he'll blow it. Great contribution. I'm not sure he sucks. The 49ers just dropped 41, which is their most of the season in the playoffs. Metal Monkey 49. I love that. Defense has always been great. Purdy and CMC have taken this offense to another level. The defense was weird. The defense was weird. But again, second half adjustments. The Seahawks had 17 points to close out the first half. They probably, if the 49ers wanted to keep their foot on the necks, would have ended the game with 17 points. They ended up with 23 in a garbage time drive down at the end. Starters, A lot of the starters were pulled. Seahawks went down and scored a touchdown. There's a very real chance that if if they would have kept playing their starters, which I fully supported them taking them out, that the Seahawks would have never scored a point in the second half, whereas the 49ers scored 25. It was a an a, it was a defensive sharpening quickly and the offense just took it up to another notch. When you're talking 41 points that should have been 45, it was uh it, it was it was a, a pretty crazy performance on both sides of the ball in the second half. NJ, next weekend we'll face Jefferson, Evans, or Lamb. Who's our best approach? Double coverage? Get home with pass rush? Metcalf exposed us. Now look, I don't necessarily disagree with that. But if you take enough deep shots, you're eventually going to complete one. DK Metcalf finished that game with 10 catches for 136 yards. And 50 of them came on one single play. Now, you take that 50 away, which you cannot do. That is one of his best plays. You know, like, you don't just get to remove the good play. But big plays like that have a low percentage of succeeding. I think it almost looked like Charverius Ward thought he was good. Like, he tried to, like, kind of, like, settle after, I don't know. Or, or at the very least, he just got ran over and ended up two or three yards behind Metcalf. And Geno Smith hit him perfectly. And he took it in for the score. I wouldn't necessarily say that Metcalf exposed anybody, though. He had some good plays. 
Um, obviously, that one is the highlight. I wouldn't necessarily say that a team will look at this and say, let's just go target Tiverius Ward. I- I'm not necessarily reading that, but we've seen the 49ers struggle with these bigger receivers. Now, the 49ers were great against Metcalf earlier in the season, but this was definitely a big game for him. I'm not necessarily sure that other teams are going to look at this and go, that's the way to beat him. But you are correct in the fact that whether it's Justin Jefferson with the Vikings, Mike Evans with the Bucks, or CeeDee Lamb with the Cowboys, we'll see. We'll see what the 49ers choose to do. They don't seem like they want to ever double cover anybody. Maybe they, maybe I'm completely wrong there, but it's just rare to see it. Usually they're always kind of have a, some sort of a single high look. Um, it's going to be on the pass rush for sure, which didn't seem all that effective today. Let me see. Only two quarterback hits and three sacks. One of them being the sack fumble. The, the, the 49ers pass rush was not all that active. Usually, they, I would say they averaged somewhere between five and ten quarterback hits. I mean, technically, the Seahawks had more quarterback hits. They only had one sack, though. So, the pass rush is, is kind of what I think made those plays a little more possible than they should be. Alex Lewis, Debo was a beast on that touchdown, and the Rain Chickens deserved it after doing him dirty. I think everybody here would agree with you. The Seahawks absolutely deserved what they had coming to them after they played like that. And I know there's probably some of you thinking, you're like, well, Jimmy Ward got away with a little bit of a a hit on Geno Smith. I went back to watch that hit. Geno Smith, at full speed, Jimmy Ward is running at Geno Smith, and Geno Smith is running at Jimmy Ward at full speed and still had not slid within by, was two yards away from Jimmy Ward. And they're running full speed at each other, and Geno Smith still hadn't slid. I'm not sure what Jimmy Ward is supposed to do. He had already decided, you know, he had already started to kind of lower his hips and coil up for the tackle. And then Geno Smith slid, and all he could kind of do was put his forearm up, which automatically kind of makes you look like you're doing it on purpose. But there was no time to react. And I still believe that if a quarterback slides in the last minute, let's say within three or four yards of a defender, he either one shouldn't be afforded protection, which I think that's a little drastic, or two should get a penalty for a late slide, because these defenders are being put in positions where they almost can't react. They 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 have no more time left. And if you watch that playback, it almost looked like Geno Smith knew what he was doing and knew what's about to happen. It's it's I don't want to say anything that's like too dramatic or too uh, you know proclamative. I'd have to I'd have to watch it back. Too much of a proclamation. I just it just seemed wasn't like he was trying to be safe. Or if you're trying to be safe, you're not going to wait that long. Darren, Brock Purdy went for over 300 multiple touchdowns, I believe. That was the first 49ers quarterback to do that in the playoffs since Joe Montana in the Super Bowl against the Bengals. That's wild. And his best play and throw was an incompletion to Brandon Ayuk in the end zone. It was. So Brock Purdy threw three touchdowns. He threw for over 300 yards. He also ran a touchdown in on a sneak. And his best play was an incompletion. It was uh, the 49ers. The game was pretty much put away. Purdy scrambled around the back of the, uh, you know, out of the pocket, outside the back of the field for what seemed like 10 seconds. 
scrambled around, made a guy's miss, scrambled around, went to the right sideline, made one final guy last me- miss last minute, and just snapped this throw perfectly to the corner of the end zone. Brandon Ayuk had his feet down, was perfectly there, and the ball hit his hands and fell down. That one's going to sting for both Purdy and Ayuk because that would have been a long-time playoff highlight. Doesn't matter how far Purdy goes from here. Doesn't matter how I, how far Ayuk goes from here. That play would have been remembered for some time, and he dropped it. And it is what it is. Uh, Ayuk sat himself a couple drop, concentration drops throughout the season, and it was raining. It had it had picked up raining again, and he just dropped it. Everything was perfect up until that point. It was impressive, but it happens. If Brandon Ayuk is really ever feeling that bad about that drop. Just go watch himself block on Debo Samuel's touchdown. That shit is special. Kashan, I hate the Giants so much, but I hope they win. Prefer to play them than go up against Justin Jefferson and co. I don't think there's anything wrong with thinking that. I don't think that anybody wants to go up against Justin Jefferson, who I don't think he actually got there, but was pushing for 2,000 yards this season. Pretty unreal. Just a fantasy nightmare. And uh, so, yeah, I think a lot of 49ers fans are w- rooting for the Giants to win. And, and it wouldn't surprise me because the Vikings are just so hot and cold all over the place. That being said, I get the Justin Jefferson fear, but I think the 49ers would, would be okay with facing the Vikings. I think they'd be okay with it. Well, we'll see. Dr. Antonio Martinez, that was a B- minus or B at best game, and we blew them out in the second half. Is this team can play a full four quarters, nobody can beat them. I agree, but at the same time, that's the product you put on the field. Like, If the 49ers want to have the respect of, a, of, of playing a full four quarters and not going into the locker room at halftime down one point, then they got to do it. You know, like I, I get what you're saying for sure, though. The, the team really only played at their potential for the second half. If they would have done that in, in – both quarters, or excuse me, in both halves, you would have had yourself an absolute slaughter. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. 
Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Brock Purdy, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Can we crown him yet? I don't... It depends. I think you can. Like, I think what he, I think he's proven that he can just do the damn thing. It's not like the Seahawks defense is like really good, but it's still playoffs. It's still against a division rival. They're going to come at you harder than any other team. And this is his seventh game where he's played at a high level in a row. Seven wins in a row. I mean, if you can't crown him now, when can you crown him? Now, obviously, you know, the ultimate crown is him going all the way, but I don't want to act like that is the requirement for, for y'all to be able to crown Brock Purdy because, you know, the odds of, and then the difficulty of winning a Super Bowl is just incredible. But I mean, it's pretty unreal. I think if you want to crown him, if you feel like crowning Glock Purdy, crown him. Dreamsicle, we have found our next franchise quarterback in Mr. Irrelevant Purdy. Could be the case. Could be the case. I'm still so hesitant. Like I said on Twitter, I can't wrap my mind around what we're seeing with Brock Purdy. I just can't. It's I can't get it. It's just so against all odds. It's just it's it's wild. Manuel Beltran Jr., tired of excuses why Purdy is winning, plus the wait till this happens. He still has to know the playbook, read the defense, and execute the play. There's been plenty of quarterbacks try and fail here, not to mention how his teammates talk so highly of him. I agree. I, I'm, I'm tired of people trying to belittle what Purdy has done by saying it's all Shanahan, it's all this, look at the talent, it's all that. Yes, it's those things. Everybody knows Shanahan is, is great. Everybody knows the talent around Purdy is great. but Jimmy, we saw Jimmy Garoppolo struggle plenty. We've seen other quarterbacks with nearly the same amount of talent struggle plenty. Purdy is out there now executing the offense at an expert level, adding in his own sauce. I don't think there's any excuse needed for why Purdy is winning. He's just getting the job done. Look at his statistics compared to every other quarterback since he came in. Pretty sure he's the best, which is not normal to say, but it is what it is. Mark Dane, Ayuk really stepping into that well-rounded wide receiver role, especially when he lead that block for Debo's touchdown. Great to see the team fire up after that ankle twist and really ground those Hawks. Great convincing win. It was, it was. I don't, I don't want to act like because everything was so close in that first half that it's the 49ers somehow didn't earn the label of a convincing win. I mean, it's, 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 it's four quarters. It's four quarters. What you did in the first two quarters is cool, but there's two more, and the 49ers put that game away when they had to. And, yeah, I'm not going to hold Brandon Ayuk down for dropping that play. I mean, the dude still had, what, three or four, I think it was four catches? Three catches for 73 yards. 24.3 yards a catch. Even with Debo's 74-yard Touchdown, he still couldn't touch Ayuk's average. Debo averaged 22.2. Ayuk averaged 24.3. 
he had all three of his catches were just over the middle. Beautiful throws by Purdy. He, he just gets open. He gets open, and he gets open a lot. Irony, Purdy is for real. 49ers are way more dangerous with him at the helm. I 100% agree. I I just don't have any reason to think any less. JF, too fresh. It's a bit of a trend now to see our team start slow in the first half, then make all the adjustments in the second half. Offense and defense were on point in the second half. Kudos to Demo, Huff, and the whole O-line, the whole offense. Brock is looking legendary. Go Niners, on to the next. Yeah, it was great to see Diamador Lenore get that interception. That man has been going to war out there, and he's been he's been getting his, he's been getting hit, and it was I just felt like that interception was just a very important step in his development because again, I mean a, a lot of people were interested in seeing who else could step in there and and for him to to be in there and get an interception in that moment to kind of put the game away. It's pretty. It's it's a good moment for him. So I, I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff, because it was a, uh, a a very pivotal play in the game. And the fact that it was like, oh, yeah, we're done. <laughs> like that's how I felt. The Seahawks sideline responded. So Graz, weird game for a blowout. Was very uncomfortable at points in the first half, as you should have been. Tight ends have to block better. Croft and Warner both whiffed on multiple blocks. I'll have to look that back. Again, I, I haven't had a chance to look anything in detail. And watching the game in person, you miss essentially everything except for the person with the ball. Omena, who once again stepping up, had a big game against Dallas last year. Skill position talent is unreal. It really is, man. I mean, this is it, it, talent all over the field. I mean, the 49ers had an all-pro in special teams. It, it's just, it, it's it's unreal. It's unreal. Mike McVay, for those about to Brock, we salute you. Do that in my uh, ACDC voice. I, I can't do that right now. It'll blow up. I mean, it's just, it's it's too much. I can't I can't do that right now. My voice is gone anyways. They fixed everything in the second half, 323 yards and three touchdowns for Brock, plus a rushing touchdown. Bosa dominated again. This team is on fire and can adapt to adversity on the fly. Go Niners. Brock steady. Brock steady. I love it. Like rock steady. Like deep. What was that? Ninja Turtles? Something in there. But yeah, it's, um, you'd like to see the team just play great. Two halves, but the fact that they were so convincing in their adjustments at the end of the first half is is encouraging. There's there's not a whole lot you can complain about when the adjustments are that good. You would like for the whole game to be that convincing, but when you can come out and, and essentially shut down an offense that scored 17 points in the first half and kind of looked like they had your number and then completely take it through the roof on offense, that's, I mean, it's tough to complain after that. John said, tale of two halves. Purdy was off in the first half. Yeah, I agree. We talked about it. Nine of 19. Nine of, that's, that's rough. That's rough. But I, again, what I liked about it is he was just he just kept slinging it, kept slinging it, kept throwing it. Never seemed like he was willing to accept the downfield throws. Or the, the not downfield throws. Sorry. That's exactly what he was willing to accept. The, the checkdowns. Like, he like didn't seem interested in them. The dude was slinging it. He was slinging it. Austin Rappa said Gino was locking in on his receivers all game, all season, really, and this interception was inevitable. Yamador Lenore's interception. 
Sean Rogers, he's back. And it just shows Debo rolling up on the bike. Yeah, I feel like Debo Samuel is another animal in postseason. You can just see it. You can see it in the way he acts. Sugar Ray, what is our record when we win the coin flip and defer? It has to be great. I wish, I'm sure there's a website that has that. I wish I would have seen this sooner. I w- I'm not going to make everybody wait while I look it up right now. But if I can remember, I'll look that up tomorrow and I will uh, I will quote tweet you with the answer because it's got to be. The 49ers just keep winning coin flips and keep deferring. And they keep scoring at the start of the second half. Rob Clam Chowder Louder, you put my name as your... <laughs> you're getting a little devious at this. I mean, he's always... Jamma has always had uh, a funny name. And then once he started realizing I was reading it on the pod, he, w- he started getting created with it. And now his Twitter name says Rob Clam Chowder Louder, which, of course... Having the last name of Louder. I've never heard that rhyme with Chowder ever. You are incredibly original, and I salute you, my friend. Um, heavy sarcasm, but still points for points for putting it out there. And points for getting creative. And points for the yeet, yeet Simba gif. The 49ers slap away the feeble grasping hands of the Seahawks to deliver a divisional coup de gras. Feels so good to watch the 49ers wipe the floor with an inferior opponent's dreams in the second half yet again. It really was. It was the second half, man. You can, I mean, imagine the things that were said in that Seahawks locker room after they made that 50-something yard field goal to go ahead right before the end of the half. And just imagine what was said in that locker room and how amped out of their mind they were and and, and everything they said they were going to do in the second half. And to just get crushed like that is... Is unbelievable. Essentially, the Seahawks were bested 24 to, was it 24 to almost zero in the second half? Because they went for the two point on one of those. So it's eight, 20, yeah, 25 to what should have been zero, but ended up being seven for that last second touchdown. I mean, to get outscored and demolished like that is, uh, is, is demoralizing as, Rafiki Geet Simba off the mountain. Y'all have seen that gif. Slav Fane. Purdy looked uncharacteristically vulnerable on his plays today. I mean, I think he looked uncharacteristically vulnerable on some plays. He looked uncharacteristically like a baller on some plays, too. Like, you're talking about a guy that was running for first downs, pushing in a touchdown. Uh, scrambling around, making throws downfield, also making mistakes, scrambling when he shouldn't have, missing some throws. You know, it, it was it was a little all over the place at times, but at the same time, you saw the same flashes of un, uh, unreal ability that we've seen already. See, shy. I was impressed that Bosa noticed that fumble and covered it, considering he's usually unaware. Well, it's usually his forced fumble, and he's busy celebrating. He was also so good stopping the run game. That one guy who didn't vote for him to be all pro shouldn't be should shouldn't be banned. But I know you meant should be banned. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine not voting for Nick Bosa to be all pro. Like, how do you how do you come to that conclusion? Where is that guy? Can we do we have a name? Send some love his way. Milo, are we trading Lance? Could use the picks. It is a reality. It is a possibility. I think the 49ers would prefer to allow Lance and his to compete with Purdy. I mean, they're both incredibly affordable. You're talking about two, like two uh, starting quarterbacks for like 
less than 10 million, maybe even significantly less than that. I mean, got to remember too, Trey Lance was the third overall pick. So while he is inexpensive in quarterback terms, it's not like he's dirt cheap. But when you think about the picks they traded to get Christian McCaffrey and the picks they traded to trade up and get Lance, it wouldn't, it, it will be discussed. Whether or not they decide to go that route, I'm not sure. Christopher Kirby, if Kyle ran more first half, Kyle ran more the first half to score would have been a lot better at half. It did seem like they were perfectly fine with letting Purdy sling it. I mean, they threw 19 times in the first half. That's a lot. I didn't I didn't necessarily expect Kirby or Kirby. <laughs> Sorry, Kirby. Um, I didn't necessarily expect Purdy to throw it 19 times in the game, let alone in the first half. Christian Navarro, all around great response by the team. Omenahu deserves the game ball. All dogs inside this team. I agree. I think that Charles Omenahu's forced fumble, sack fumble, was the turning point of this game. Seahawks were going to go downfield and answer. Let me see if this tells me the score when they did that. It uh, doesn't seem like it tells me the score at this point, but I believe the 49ers were up by six points. The Seahawks were driving. They were in deep into 49ers territory in the red zone. And Omenu who forced that fumble. It 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 broke their spirit. It really did. Christopher Gonzalez, Kyle really planned to win the trophy as we all hope, as we all are hoping. And it's a, a gif from Dodgeball. Last game of the year. Can't hold anything back now. <laughs> I think that's from Dodgeball. Let me see. It shows. It's it might not be from Dodgeball. Because those are the uh, bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. In the GIF, it shows super briefly. Oh, it's Waterboy. Okay, okay. Hey, you can't blame me. I The wa- the announcers in uh, Dodgeball are just hilarious. It's bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. Iowa Zach. Hey, let's go. Iowa Zach up in here following that Brock Purdy love. I love it. Biggest takeaway, Purdy silencing all the talking heads going into this game. Yes, he can handle the pressure of a playoff game, and yes, he can play from behind and through a bit of adversity. I think that's a great point. I think there were a lot of people saying, well, what's this guy going to do in the playoffs? This is his first playoff game, even though it was also Geno Smith's first playoff game. They were talking about the, And I think it's fair to say those things, but Purdy definitely answered the bell. Ricardo Quinto, folks, had them winning by 8 or 10. They won by 18. Yeah, the 49ers blew the odds off off the books. JGCPA, Brock will keep killing teams with play action until he respects his ability to pass. Yeah, and the 49ers would love for defenses to respect Brock's ability to pass because then they're going to go back to their identity, their preferred identity, even though Brock has transformed this offense, which is to pound the ball. So. The more teams start respecting Purdy's ability to pass, the easier this will get for Shanahan. Danny boy, we've never seen a Shanahan offense execute this well, and it feels like we can still take it up another level. Also, Debo's love, Debo's life. Man, that was a Debo game if there was one. Just in case I hadn't mentioned it yet, Debo Samuel finished with six catches for 133 yards and a touchdown. He also had three carries for 32 yards. Big boy Debo game. Big Debo game. 
And I agree. The uh, Shanahan's offense. I mean, let's go back. I'm going to look this shit up right now. I, I think I already know it. It's not that I already know it. It's just that. Let's go back. Okay. Since Brock Purdy stepped into this offense, 33 against the Dolphins, 35 against the Buccaneers, 21 against the Seahawks in Seattle, 37 against the Commanders, 37 against the Raiders, 38 against the Cardinals, and then going all the way back up to the postseason, 41. I mean, that's like the 49ers are averaging like 35 points a game, maybe more. That is not normal. That's not normal. I'm going to have to look more of that. Uh, Leo Veritas. Rob, we knew with the duck. Blowing the foghorn, it was a dub. You're damn right we did. You're damn right we did. Doc had that crowd fired up too. It was so good to see the amount of love Doc was getting from 49ers fans. They really, you know, I want to see you guys rally around him. He's the best. This game was the literally the epitome of the meme. They had us in the first half. Hey, they had us in the first half. I'm not going to lie. But besides my heart palpitations in the first half, we dominated. I'm very hopeful for the rest of this run. I appreciate you, Rob. I appreciate you, Leo. Thank you um, for being up in the uh, takeaways. And it really was the epitome of they had us in the first half. I'm not going to lie. Um, I am hopeful for this team as well. You know, no matter what, what a lot of fans or whoever, what they don't understand is when you when you try to take yourself more towards the analyst role, you have to shut off any part of you that used to be a fan so that you can accurately analyze the team. That's why I'm not always, you know, I, I've, I'm still trying to constantly evaluate this team in the lens. But even if you are in full analyst mode, even if you are in full analyst mode, like like the Matt Mayokos, the Matt Barrows, the Nick Wagners, the all, you know, everybody in that building, you still are constantly around these players all the time and you want to see them succeed. You want to see them happy. So everybody in, you know, all the media are very hopeful for this team. I'm very hopeful for this team. I want to see them succeed. And if there's any version of the 49ers that has earned this success, it's the one that's on their third quarterback and he just happens to be a rookie and the last pick of the draft. I want to see that team go all the way. C-Shy, Purdy got over his first playoff game jitter. Should be fine with what's going forward. The rain took a break for the game, just like last week. It did, man. There was about two quarters where that it, it was raining kind of rough in the first, when the game started. And then it kind of calmed down. And then all of a sudden that sun broke out for like two quarters. And then for about, you know... Uh, about half a quarter, it was just overcast, and the rain started coming back at the end. But man, it, if in terms of rain in that game, it ended up. I think the 49ers got got lucky. Sean Masterson, love the second half adjustments and the way we respond. Don't love the slow first halves and the sloppy starts. I don't either. I you would think like when it comes to adjustments. Now look, adjustments if they're done by the right people, like the 49ers have. Of course, they're more effective at the halftime because we've seen what the other team is trying to do. But when you have an entire week to prepare for a team and the 49ers are going to have more than a week to prepare for their next matchup, the 49ers are going to have more time than anyone they could possibly play because they're playing tomorrow and the 49ers play today. So the 49ers get one extra day. You'd like to see, you know, it's not that they're not preparing for the game. That's a stupid thought, but you'd like to see them start out that dominant. 
you've had all week to prepare, do the damn thing. It's way harder than I'm making it sound, but the fact that the 49ers have that card in their bag, that they can adjust that well, we'll take what we can get, but you'd like to see them start stronger, but the fact that they can do that, like you said, on the fly, I mean, it's a good thing. Jeffrey, K, Lyles, Lyles, Movie, Files. This team is incredible. Even with a lackluster first half, they still put up 40 points. Not worried about any of these NFC teams now. Brock is really playing at an elite level. I agree. I can't quite say I'm not worried about any of the NFC teams when it comes to their hopes of beating the 49ers. Football is just a weird sport. All of these teams are good. I do feel like the 49ers are the best team in the NFC. And then they just got to see which AFC beast is going to is going to meet up with them if they go all the way. Obviously, they don't. doesn't matter. But um, you've got some real talent in the AFC. And if the 49ers can get things done on their side of the curtain, then uh, I think that they're fully ready and battle-tested for whatever AFC team is going to come their way. Omar Figueroa. Omar Figs. Love you, brother. Felt like we watched two games today. The first half of the second half, 49ers starting defense held them scoreless in the second half. And Superstar Brock doing what superstars do. On to the next round. Let's go. I think that's a good way of putting it. The 49ers starting defense held them scoreless in the second half. The Seahawks didn't score until the game was out of reach. I mean, it's a typical garbage time score. Didn't score until the game was out of reach. And the 49ers just started to rotate people out. Especially with the rain starting to come down. I really didn't blame them for doing that. On to the next round. Let's go. And I think that's a perfect way to end it. Let's go. Let's, I mean, let's go. This is, I'm loving this. I love the fact that we get to do this thing for another week, this level, at this level of enthusiasm. Um, I will be back on here a little later in the week to break down the 49ers. uh, uh, Probably, I'll see if I can get KP back on here. See if we can break down the 49ers win over the Seahawks in a little more detail. Maybe hit some additional points. Give you guys any news updates you need. And then obviously preview who the 49ers are going to be going up against in the divisional round of the playoffs. I just, I still can't believe it. I still can't believe it. I still can't believe that Trey Lance broke his ankle in week two. Jimmy Garoppolo steps in. The 49ers eventually get hot. Jimmy Garoppolo breaks his ankle. And then Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, some little quarterback from Iowa that was drafted with the last overall or the last pick in the draft is now doing what we're seeing. I I can't wrap my head around it. I'm sorry, guys. I can't. I it's just nuts. We've never seen it. It doesn't even matter if the 49ers go all the way. What we're watching right now is nuts. To sit there and watch Purdy dice up that team like that. I understand he was a little erratic at times, but you're talking about a seventh round rookie, like the 255th pick or whatever it is. It's just unreal. I, I just don't get it. I, 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 I mean, he is earning all the praise and that is it. I just cannot, you know, the word unbelievable gets used so much in football. It's probably the most overused word in football, but this is like literally unbelievable. 
I can't. It's so hard to believe that this guy has stepped in there and it's just like, doesn't give a shit. He has ice in his veins and he's just running around making NFL defenders fly past him while he throws a dot to the corner of the end zone. Like, it's just, I just can't, I can't believe it. It's like Aragorn in the third Lord of the Rings. I cannot believe it. I will not believe it. But I, I mean, obviously I do. I'm, I'm seeing it, but it's nuts. Can't believe it. Enjoy the ride, guys. Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy this. You don't know when it's going to end. Just enjoy it. Take it all in. Watch the highlights. Offer your own thoughts on Twitter. I, it don't matter. Just do whatever you got to do to enjoy the ride because this is not normal. We are being gifted with a, a an insanely entertaining season and playoff experience. Please, especially those of you here now that are listening, that are just participating in the takeaways and just being a part of this, this striking gold family we have here. Just enjoy the ride. I'm happy for everybody listening because I know you're happy and it's just nuts. But all right, enough of the wishy-washy, mushy-washy. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Thank you for making this podcast what it is. Um, If you feel so inclined, please leave us a a solid review on whatever app you listen to your podcasts on. I can't say that enough. Um, I think think we got like 4.4 stars on iTunes right now. Uh, now, a lot of those reviews came before, you know, when the podcast wasn't even striking gold, but it would be cool to see that bump up to 4.5. I don't know how many five stars it would take, but I mean, I feel like we're already developing this little striking gold army, just a bunch of dudes running around with pitchforks or, or, uh, or uh, you know, axes. What do they call those like mining axes? You know, like Skyrim. Got to get your axe out and you got to mine. I mean, that's what we're doing here. You might as well might as well mobilize in the iTunes reviews. Anyways, I'm just rambling on right now. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Thank you for downloading, rating, reviewing, subscribing, telling your friends about it. Let's go. Um, I will be on here a little later this week to break down uh, this game a little more. And we'll talk about who the 49ers have become. But again, it's all you guys. I appreciate you. But for another episode... I'm Rob, this is Strike and Gold, and we are signing out.